Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons in the saddle with you tonight. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports Thursday Night Football. It's about to kick off in our televisions in a little bit more than 10 minutes from now. Chargers Raiders. We will keep you updated on all of the live action. But as we head into that game, we've got to get you ready for it with all of the betting action. For that, we bring in our friend Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst, ESPN bet host. Anita, thanks so much for joining us. I know I keep calling it Daily Wager when we have you on because I'm just used to it. (laughs) It is ESPN bet. It is not Daily Wager, people. You should check it out. Uh, All of the ESPN bet platforms, uh, excellent stuff. So, Anita, let's talk about Thursday Night Football. Raiders, Chargers, what are you doing with this over-under? Oh, this is going to be a riveting one, is it not? Oh, God, save us. This is why we gamble, people. It's football, um, though. So that, we have that. So, that, so that we can watch this, this game that is going to be a complete mess. All right, so, so you've got, you know, AOC quarterbacking for the Raiders. You've got Stick quarterbacking for the Chargers. I, I, what do we know about him? North Dakota State, he's only taken two NFL snaps. Good luck with that. Listen, I'm playing the under here. Primetime unders is hit 69%. Star players are not going to be, as I like to call it, active and attractive tonight. Keenan Allen is uh, as out. Josh. Even with Justin Herbert, struggled to score at least 10 points their last three games. And one thing that we do know now that Antonio Pierce is the interim coach is that this Raiders defense actually is quite good. Top 13 in the NFL, Max Crosby, is expected to play tonight. I think he gets his. So I'm going to go under 34 and a half total points in the game, and I'm also going to play the Raiders team total under 18 and a half points. That's how I'm playing it. By the way, Anita, you're about to be happy. It sounds like you're in your car. That total has actually gone up to 35 and a half, so you're getting an extra point Woo! right now on that under. Look, look, I love the reaction. Like, hell yeah, bring that on. There we go. ESPN, that's getting wild, getting crazy. Get after it now. What do you think about AOC as far as uh, you know t- total attempts? Because we know they're going to try and run the football, but that offensive line hasn't been very good at, at moving people around for Josh Jacobs. What about Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback out of Purdue, total total passing attempts in this game? Yeah, I mean, so there's like I said, listen, there, there's quite a few prop bets that I'm going to play here. A, a reason why this is going to keep us watching all the way to the end, right? Uh, I like over-passing attempts for him. He's averaging 35 a game over the last three weeks. Also, again, as Josh Jacobs is out, therefore I do believe we're going to pass even more because he has been the straw that has stirred the drink, especially since Antonio Pierce took over. And the Chargers, their defense, 17th against the pass. Um, Some other Raider prop bets that I'm going to play. Michael Mayer, over-receiving yards and over-receptions. The Chargers, one of the worst defenses against opposing tight ends, allowing 60 yards or more. So I'm going to play that. Also, one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL is Hunter Renfro. He is much better than what most people think. In the last three weeks, his volume has gone up, so I'm going over-receiving yards and over-receiving 
uh, over receptions for him as well. Uh, he has surpassed the two and a half receptions and 26 and a half receiving the last few weeks. And the Chargers defense is not good against slot wide receivers, which he runs his routes 80% out of the slot. And last but not least, and this was my best bet tonight on ESPN Bet, and that's Amir Abdullah with Josh Jacobs out. This is how the Raiders, this is how we expect the Raiders to run their backfield. Um, you've got White, who's going to carry the ball as you're like legit running back, but Amir Abdullah is going to be utilized more in the passing game. And so every running back, this is a great stat for you guys, every running back that's gone up against the Chargers has surpassed their receiving total. Every game this season, and again, we're heading into week 15. The last time O'Connell faced the Chargers, he targeted Josh Jacobs 11 times. So to me, this is a sneaky good play. So a mere over one and a half receptions and over 13 and a half receiving yards. ESPN Sports Bank analyst Anita Marks joining us here on Amber and Ian. Anita, there's a lot of people who, now that ESPN, of course, has its own betting platform with ESPN Bet, may just be now getting used to this whole world of betting from a strategic standpoint, because there's so many prop bets, player prop bets out there when you head into a game like this. How would you recommend to somebody to parse through them? Like all, all of those that you just gave to us, how do you pinpoint those with how many there are? I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm you broke up there for a second. Your question oh. again, Amber. I yeah, apologize. no, I was just asking from a strategic perspective because you know for people just getting into gambling, how would you recommend parsing through sort of all the player prop bets? What do you look for? Because there's so many player prop bets when you head into any you know singular game. Yeah, I mean it's a great question. So for me, um, uh, uh, what I do is I look at you know what's hap- what has happened the last three to five weeks on a team because there's an ebb and flow to a season. Certain players develop late. Certain players get injured. Certain offensive coordinators find something within a player that's working, uh, and then I look at the matchup. And again, the Chargers not good against slot wide receivers combined with the fact that Hunter Renfro's volume has gone up, to me, that's a win-win. So I'm going to take the over in receptions and receiving yards. Um, And, again, just the history of when Josh Jacobs is out and how the team uses, utilizes Amir Abdullah, um, to me, plays into the fact of how he's going to be utilized tonight against one of the worst defenses against running backs in the passing game. So it's – I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of research. Um, it's, it's doing a deep dive into the trends. And then I, I try to find those prospects uh, that stand out to me that I think could be winners. And, um, and then I root for the – a lot of – here's, here's you know, uh, the crew, Tyler and Joe, they make fun of me a lot. Anita, you're always playing the overs. Why are you playing the unders? You rarely play unders. Because I like rooting for players, right? Like, I like to watch a game, and I like to root for a player. So I lean towards overs. Every now and then I'll take an under. Um, like, so, for, for, for example, tonight, Austin Eckler, I like under rushing yards for him because his volume has gone down as of late. Uh, they've been using Spiller as well as Kelly in the backfield. So... If I was to play an under tonight, it would be Austin Eckler under rushing yards. 
Anita, I'll be brutally honest with you. I've never played this many pro- player prop bets in my life. So to get through this trash game we have on Thursday night, I just went ahead and fired <laughs> it on every single one of the ones that you just recommended. I've never done that many before in a single game in my wagering career. Let's fast forward to Sunday. Anita Marks from, from ESPN Bet joining us here on Amber and Ian, as she does at this time every single Thursday, getting you ready for Thursday night football and also a heavy slate of NFL games on Saturday and Sunday Ravens, Jaguars, what do you see in this game? I love this game. You know, we had the conversation, what is the one game you're looking most forward to? I would say a lot of people, because they're quote-unquote American team, the Cowboys, going up against the Bills. But I like this Ravens game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Last year, these two teams played each other. The score was 28-27. They're playing in Jacksonville. Weather conditions are supposed to be beautiful. No rain, uh, beautiful sunshine, great weather. And these two teams are passing the ball a lot. I mean, we love, at least I love what I've seen from Lamar Jackson this season. So what happens when teams pass the ball? An incomplete pass, the clock stops. So gives teams more time to readjust, uh, get back at it, and score some points. So also the Baltimore Ravens. Can you believe they gave up 30? That defense gave up 31 points to the Rams last week. Uh, Kyle Hamilton not expected to go. So I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team could put up some points as well. So I really love the over here. I think this is going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be a real fun game to watch. Anita Marks joining us finally here. Anita, give me something on Bill's Cowboys. Yeah, same thing, Amber. Um, You know, this is a Dallas Cowboys team. Second-best offense in the NFL. Dak Prescott putting on that MVP show, taking it on the road to Buffalo. He's got a great offensive line. Uh, the one thing that the Buffalo Bills defense struggles with is getting after a quarterback. So I think Dak Prescott has a big game. And one thing that we know about the Dallas Cowboys, not as good on the road as they are at home. And this Buffalo Bills team, number two in scoring in the red zone of all 32 teams. Josh Allen looked great last week. I think he picked up where he left off, and I think the Buffalo Bills put up some points on the Cowboys as well. So, again, another over in that matchup. Check her out on ESPN Bet. Thanks, Anita. You got it. Enjoy the game tonight. Again, we've got Chargers Raiders kicking off in just a few minutes. We will keep you updated on all of the live action when we get there. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, is the NFL really looking to ban the tush push? 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Along here on Amber and Ian and the Tush Push. It always works, but only for one team, Ian Fitzsimmons, in the entire National Football League. You're going to get me fired up, young lady. Here we go. The hit rate for about every other team ain't the same. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles, it's very successful. Many have tried. Many, in fact, have failed. For Philadelphia, however, this thing works over and over and over and over again. And so it's become controversial because it works for one team and one team only. And then there was this report by The Athletic that Roger Goodell wants the tush push out of the game. Now, he has come out, the commissioner of the NFL, and he has essentially denied that report and said that he hasn't taken a position on the tush push yet, which doesn't mean that he's saying he is denying that he wants it out of the game. It's just saying, I haven't really decided if I want it out of the game or not. Hey, Raj, there should be no damn decision. You should not have a position on it. Your position is, it's a football play. There is no cheat code where there's a loophole in a rule, there's no increase in injuries, every team can't do it. You know what it is? It's like Mike Tannenbaum told us an hour ago, and and we've had this conversation with him how many times, Amber, that damn tush-push should not have even been on the owner's agenda. Just because Philadelphia does it well doesn't mean everybody can, and we've seen that. It's physics. You've got two guards, right, Uh, alongside a Hall of Fame center and Jason Kelsey, that can squat a Buick, and they have a remarkable low center of gravity, and both those guards were also former centers. Then you have a quarterback who can squat a house. You couple all of that together in a unique formation and try and stop it, and no one's been able to. But other teams, because it is a copycat league, which also blends down into college football, other teams have tried to do it, and guess what? They can't. So why do you want to ban it? There's no increase in injuries. There's no, there's no loophole. For, for in a rule, it's just one team has drafted so well on the interior of their offensive line and has a quarterback that can throw four oxes on his back and, and throw them through the roof that they're able to be successful. It should not even be on the agenda, and you shouldn't have to make up your mind, Raj. It's a football play. To me the success of that play being so unique to Philadelphia is about Jalen Hurts and his physical presence on that field because there's a lot of other monster guards in the National Football League. What there aren't a lot of is quarterbacks who can squat 600 pounds like Jalen Hurts can. And I recognize that that line is phenomenal and it's going to be successful sometimes no matter who is standing behind that line. Don't get me wrong. But the rate of success for the Eagles, it's like over, you know, 80% of the time this thing is successful for them. Yeah, it's first and nine every time they get the ball. Every time. And it gives them a huge advantage. I think that the real magic ingredient to that is Jalen Hurts because he's the unusual factor there that's pretty exclusive to Philadelphia. If it's not outlawed, I genuinely believe that there will be a push in the future, pun intended, 
for quarterbacks who can squat like crazy that are as strong as Jalen Hurts. That's not something that's probably looked at much in scouting reports right now. It will be in the future if it can get you a few yards every single play. But the problem I would imagine from the NFL perspective, they're going to say it's player safety. I don't believe it's player safety, frankly. No, there's no Ain't nobody been injured on it. No. It's n- right. So it's not about player safety. I think that the real issue to consider if you're running the NFL, though, is if it's good for the product, not whether it's safe. OK, because that's whatever the hoopla nonsense are going to give us. But also, is it good for the actual product? And I think you could make an argument that it ain't great. Like if we all Why? went the direction, because if we all went the direction of other teams and they start figuring it out and they get the recipe and they get the dude who can squat, squat 600 pounds at QB2, we all go the direction of the tush push. I mean, the Eagles could basically go out there and they could tush push two or three yards every single play. I'm surprised they don't. Nobody uh, can stop no, the damn thing. No, no, no. You could. You could no, play a whole no, game no, like that if no. you're Philadelphia and be absolutely unstoppable. But it makes the Eagles that would happen. It no, makes no, the no. Eagles completely unstoppable in the red zone. Completely. And if we get to a point where nobody can stop anybody in the red zone and every time a team gets a couple yards away from the end zone, you know they're scoring every single time, then it probably takes some of the intrigue out of the game. So again, I'm looking at it. I'm not arguing whether it should be or not. But I think what a lot of people do, or don't do, I should say, when they're considering the position that Roger Goodell finds himself in, is they don't actually look at it from Goodell's perspective in terms of his job and what he actually has to look at to preserve the game, to preserve the product, to preserve the fans, to preserve the money, which is everybody's goal at the end of the day. Is it good for all of that when you consider the trickle-down effect of that? And is it good that the Eagles have this decided advantage over everybody else from a product perspective. Well, they've lost, they've lost back-to-back games to the tune of, what, 75 to 32? So obviously the tush-push ain't that much of an advantage because they got chicken-kicked the last two weeks. And before that, they had to go to overtime to beat Buffalo at home. So it's a lot more to the game of football than just the tush-push. This is a beautifully designed play by Nick Sirianni and his staff. And guess what? Nobody can stop it. But you also have to play... The other, you know, the, every other aspect of the game. It's not just the red zone. It's when you get into third and short in the red zone or third, or third and short and, and heck, on your own 30. And you can go ahead and go for it. But everybody else can't do it. You, you know what it is? Roger Goodell does not serve the fans. Roger Goodell does not serve the players. Roger right. Goodell serves at the feet of 32 owners. And 31 other ones are hacked off because their team can't do it. That's the bottom line. Well, there's and, that as well. And, I mean, and, it, and there's no increase in injury. It is a beautifully designed play, and it comes down, as Tynanbaum said, to physics. The damn thing should not even be on the agenda at the, at the NFL owners' meetings that just concluded in Irving, Texas. Now, the bigger issue to me is officiating, because all year long, it has been absolutely horrendous. I mean, just go back to it. It's not just a Tony play, right, with the Chiefs, but you had a, a blatant block in the back an overtime that decided Rams-Ravens on a punt return for a touchdown. You had Derek Carr hitting his offensive tackle between the 7 and the 6 that should have been intentional grounding against the Carolina Panthers. Wasn't called. You had Justin Fields with intentional grounding uh, where he hit a, de- a, you know, a, a defensive lineman while he's being tackled. No, excuse me, it was his offensive guard with a pass while he was going down. That also was – it's off the top of my head, by the way, Amber. That wasn't called. It's been horrendous from week one to – to now, not just marquee plays, but just in-game plays 
And that, to me, is a bigger issue, and that's the one that should be focused on, not the tush push, which took up time on the NFL owner's agenda when it shouldn't have. I do think that they should both be focused on. I understand at least why they are both conversations amongst the owners. I do think that we all agree the NFL officiating needs to get better. I mean, that doesn't seem like a controversial stance to me because I feel like everybody feels like that at this point. Everybody involved, frankly, some of the officials themselves probably feel like that as well. But the NFL is going to have to make NFL officials full-time they're going to have to do a better job I think preparing NFL officials maybe they need to pass some sort of you know physical as well in order to so more of a physical test I suppose in order to try to be there quite literally be there at the moment for these plays because that's got to be hard keeping up with these world-class athletes there's a lot that goes into this whole NFL officiating thing that I think it's probably a lot harder to do in real time also than all of us realize and we're all seeing it on replay so we're always you know over here couch quarterbacking realizing how could you miss that you know but we're seeing it in slow motion and we're seeing it in 35 different angles and they're trying to call that thing in real time amber and ian is presented by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com the thing about officiating though ian is i feel like we complain about it in every sport i mean i can also do this whole exact commentary that i just gave you in the end NBA because NBA officiating also atrocious, also incredibly difficult to do, also things happening incredibly fast. And that sport also has the flopping in addition to it all that NFL officials or that NBA officials are trying not to fall for all the time. So all of these sports have their problems when it comes to officiating. Yeah, well, what happened with Jokic the other night was just absolutely just horrendous, abysmal, embarrassing where he gets on, on and I didn't know this, James Steele told, told me this, on Serbian night. Mm-hmm. He gets run on two quick tees, which even Adam Amin and Stacey King, you know, on the, on the Bulls broadcast team are going, that's a joke. What are we doing? You just jettison the MVP on the only time we're going to be able to see him here. Just, I mean, if I'm Adam Silver, I'm having a serious taunt conversation with that particular official who ran it. It's always on the minds of all of these commissioners. By the way, the tush push had a 93.5% success rate last season, been equally as successful this season with a almost 74% fourth down conversion rate for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
find Ian Fitzsimmons at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive. The Dallas Cowboys are riding high right now. They are a rolling. They've got a big one on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Ian had a chance to talk to Cowboys leading tackler Damone Clark earlier today. All right, Damone, before you yell at me, I understand that I owe you some homemade, my great-grandmother's red beans and rice. So you go ahead and let it all out. I promised you week one, college football got a hold of me. Here we are coming up on Christmas, and I haven't delivered yet. I apologize. Hey, that could be my Christmas present for me. <laughs> hey, man, she make, you don't make that red beans and rice without a honey-baked ham bone, right? You, you slow-smoke right. that stuff for about nine hours on that stove. It's like it, when it hits your... When it hits the palate, man, it's like it's like heaven. That's it done. See, a lot of people, a lot of people don't even know about that. That's the that's the secret to it. That that would make the red beans right down. Oh, look! So I promise you, after bowl game bonanza, I got seven bowl games. After the semis, I, I will deliver to you and Joe Trahan. I know he's standing next to the PR director for the Cowboys. I will bring up yeah. some homemade red beans and rice. And by the way, have you found a good spot yet? You're a proud boot boy. You wore 18 at LSU. Have you been able to find a, a good Cajun Creole cuisine? Because you live a little more north than I do. Yeah, uh, the the closest thing that I found was uh, was Papa Do's. That's not bad. That uh, gumbo's good. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They, they gumbo's pretty good, and you know they red beans. It ain't it ain't your red beans or my mama red beans, but <laughs> you know it, it it do justice. It do its thing. Well, guaranteed, man. Uh, Christmas is coming. It'll be after Christmas. It'll be more of a New Year's gift, but I promise you it's on the way. Damone Clark, leading tackler for the Dallas Cowboys, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And, man, look, let's go back to when you were at LSU because I, I said this when you were drafted in the fifth round. That's a first-round talent, but because of the neck injury, they got a steal in the fifth round. And here you are back to wrecking people again like you were wearing that purple and gold. At what point did you realize, you know what? The neck is good. I'm back to being 18, roaming sideline to sideline like you were at LSU. Um, I would say uh, really when I got into the off season and I started doing, you know, after, I, after first after the actual season last year, you know, I was I was like, man, you know, I, I got through this season, you know, healthy, you know, and went into the off season and continued to do exercises and stuff to strengthen my neck and just to make sure that my neck was good and. You know how I am today, like you say, man. I just know I'm covered by God, by God's blood, man. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm protected. You know, go out there. You know, say so everything. Everything happens for a reason, and my story is written already. Now, what is that like for a guy with your talent when all of a sudden you you trust it again, and then bam, it's like you've been shot out of a cannon? What's that like for you? Well, it's, it's tough, you know, because you know, obviously, you know, it's your neck you're talking about. But like I say, man, if you go out there thinking about your neck and stuff like that, then Nine times out of ten, that's what stuff. That's when you get injured from you know not going out there and being Man, you ain't you aren't kidding. Now let's go to your squad. You've won seven of your last eight, and you guys are just playing at a different level. Speaking of knowing and seeing, feeling when something clicks, when did you realize that hey, you know what, we turned a page. We are a different team than we were early in the year. I mean, obviously, you know, we had a, a couple of adversity that hit, man, you know, losing to Arizona and, uh, you know, we lost to Arizona then, you know, losing to the Niners and as well as the Eagles, you know, we knew like, obviously you know, you're going to have obstacles along the way and I feel like that made us a better team, man, you know, all the guys I'm, all the guys are still the same, that made us a stronger team, you know, 
there's nothing. If anything is that easy, then honestly, I can speak for myself and the guys. I know we don't want it if it's anything that's that easy. But we know, you know, we went into a couple fights with our hands down. You can't go and fight with your hands down. You know, you got to go in there with your hands up. You got to go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Damone Clark, leading tackler for the Dallas Cowboys. They've got a massive game coming up in Buffalo against the Bills here with us on ESPN Radio. Uh, your, your quarterback, Dak Prescott, is playing at an MVP level. You see him every day in practice. Just to describe it from a defensive perspective, what do you see when you watch four spin it? Man, just, just that guy, you know, his leadership, um, just that his will, his will to go out there and do what he's supposed to do, uh, everything. I would say, you know, just the way that he carried himself. Yeah, and then on the other side, you've got Josh Allen that you have to try and defend this weekend in an afternoon window uh, in Buffalo. Now, how do you yeah. – just, I mean, if you can put into perspective a dude that big that can throw it like that. I mean, so when you are trying to defend a dude that has that kind of ability, take us onto the field. How do you do it? I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a competitor. We're a competitor. You know, we know this to stop along our journey. You know, it's to stop in Buffalo along the journey that we want to go on. So, you know, obviously they're they're in our way. So we have to go out there and take care of business. But obviously, like you said, he's a you know, he's a phenomenal player. You know, we know we know the things that he like to do. We know the things that uh, that he like to do, and obviously, it's our job to go out there and stop it. What's the most impressive thing about him? What's the hardest thing to defend when it comes to a guy like Josh Allen? I mean, he run in past the ball. I mean, that's that's you know, anytime you got a, a quarterback that can do both. I mean, you got to be on the lookout for both. Damone Clark, leading tackler for the Cowboys, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Two more for you. We'll turn you loose. Let's go to the college grid. You got a couple Wisconsin boys in that locker room with you, man, on the other side of the ball in Biotis, your center, and Jake Ferguson, who was in your draft class, a.k.a. the enforcer. They're big-time Badgers. Your LSU Bengal Tigers playing Wisconsin. How much noise is being talked in that room right now? We haven't. No, we, honestly, I, I think when it gets closer, we'll talk more about it, but we haven't, we haven't been talking about it. You know, we got – we got some. Uh, we got business on our tag on, on business on hand right now. So I actually, you know, I think once it get closer, you know, we gonna we gonna have a little trash talk. You already know who I'm rocking with, so you know, <laughs> that ain't even a question. <laughs> and when it comes to SEC Big Ten in that room, because you got some Penn State guys and Micah Parsons, you got Michigan guys, and then you've got Bama, you've got yourself at LSU, you got Sam Williams, Ole Miss. Take us into the room, and for fans who have never been in an NFL locker room, what is that like when it comes to school pride and conference pride, especially in bowl season? Oh, man, it's so much trash talking because obviously everybody thinks that they have the better team. So, man, when I say, bro, it's so it's, it's, it's fun competition at the end of the day because, like I say, everybody thinks their team is the, you know, is, the, is the best one. And obviously, if you ain't repping your school, then something wrong with that. No doubt about it. 18 red beans and rice will be delivered after the new year. Five games to go. Bill Pullian, the Hall of Fame general manager for the Colts, referred to this time of year as a dash for cash. Playoff checks. Best of luck to you, man. Stay healthy, and I'll see you soon. Appreciate you. My pleasure, man. Damone Clark, Dallas Cowboys leading tackler here on Amber and Ian. And Amber, one, I do owe the man red beans and rice. I promised that to him about, uh, oh, I don't know, week one um, Mm -hmm. and haven't delivered. Uh, great guy, but this team right now, you heard it. This is what stood out to me in that conversation. He said that he he found out what this team truly had when they lost to Arizona. Not in a win somewhere, but in a loss to a bad Arizona team. And he said that's when things changed. And that, to me, 
is a sign of a unique locker room. Because when that happens, man, and that galvanizes a group, look at them ever since. And they've won seven of our last eight. They're on a roll right now. They are absolutely on a roll. They're playing incredibly physically, which is one of the knocks against the Cowboys the last few years. You know, But they out-physicaled the Eagles very easily in that 33 to 13 route. And a lot of people, it took them that long to come around on this Dallas team and realize, Hey, these guys are for real this season, but there does feel like there's something different. And everybody always waits for the other shoe to drop when it comes to Dallas, you know, but it feels a little different this season. Like they are motivated, like they are laser focused this season and their eye is on the prize. Now it'll be a big test again for them against Buffalo, this thing isn't easy for the Cowboys from here on out. They're so they've underdogs. got some real tests here coming up. Yeah, they're a dog on the road in Buffalo. I mean, well, it's and, because and, it's Buffalo. Yeah, and Josh Allen, you heard him talking about it, man. I mean, he, he was like, look, he, he's unique. Uh, and guys like that, it, it's, it's not easy to play against. Uh, but, again, I, I, I hate to say this because they did just beat the Eagles. You know, and uh, this team is, is right now what, – what is it right now? Is it 15 games, a 15-game win streak at home? And now you're having – I believe so. It seems like everybody tries to find something about the Cowboys, including myself living here in Dallas and having covered this team for a lot of years. Now the the narrative is, well, they have to go and prove they can win on the road. You know, and they had to prove they could beat the Eagles. You know, now it's going to be, can they beat the San Francisco 49ers? Can they go on the road and beat a good team? It's always something else that they need to prove. To me, it's one thing, and that's it. they got to win in the playoffs. They have to win in the postseason. When the lights are brightest, stage biggest, that, that is the one thing that they have to prove to me. If they lose to Buffalo, I don't care. It's like when San Francisco was on that three-game skid. So many people are going, well, oh, they're not that good. No, they were beaten to hell and banged up, and they got the bye week, and what have they done since? And – John Lynch, a GM, made some very aggressive moves, especially on the defensive side of the ball, going and getting guys like Chase Young from the Washington Commanders to play opposite his old Ohio State teammate, Nick Bosa. And what has San Francisco done since that three-game losing streak in the bye week when they got healthy? They're the best team in football. So uh, the Cowboys, do they need to go win on the road? I don't care if they lose this game. They're an underdog going into Buffalo. To me, the tone will change and the narrative will change in the Cowboys. And guys like Damone Clark will tell you this when they win in the postseason. That's when the image of the Cowboys will truly take a turn. They're an underdog because of, because of Orchard Park in December, right? But otherwise, yeah. Dallas is a roll-in. And Dak it's supposed to be nice, not, though. Right. It's, well, yeah. I guess nice by Buffalo standards. But Dak <laughs> hasn't thrown an interception since week 10, I loved Buffalo, by the way. I went to Buffalo for that Dolphins-Bills game at the end of last season. Buffalo was was amazing. I, I thought it was a great place. Did you know that's but where Buffalo cold. Wings come from? And it's not the uh, <laughs> easiest place to play. And Dak hasn't thrown an interception since week 10. He's been playing lights out. 28 touchdown passes. That leads the NFL right now. That's why that man's squarely in the MVP conversation. We'll see what it looks like this weekend when it's in Buffalo, but you're right. It's Dallas. So it's like, you have to beat the Eagles to prove it to us. Now you've got to beat the bills to prove it to us. Then you're going to have to beat the dolphins to prove it to us on the road. Then you're going to have to beat the lions at home because you always take care of business at home. I mean, the narrative is always going to be there. However, I could not agree with you more at this point. All Dallas needs to do is win in the postseason. That's it. That's what matters. You've got to win in the postseason. They're going to be in the postseason. 
they may or may not defend win their division. That's going to be dependent on this really easy schedule that the Eagles have uh, remaining. Dallas' schedule is very, very obviously not as easy as the Eagles because the Eagles have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. That feels like outside the control of Dallas. What they need to focus on, though, is winning in the postseason. That is you know all, what? in fact, that matters. Amber, when it comes to going to Buffalo, how many people are going to go, well, they got lucky. It's 50 degrees in Buffalo on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's some beautiful weather for Buffalo, New York. (laughs) Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we will tell you what is a big deal and what's not a big deal. How would you know if we didn't tell you? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raiders right now just mutilating the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night football. Ugly game so far for Los Angeles. Ian, Raiders up right now, Woo. 20 to zip. About hey, if, to you have the, to zip. if you have the under 35 and a half, you're starting to sweat a little bit. Yeah, we're in trouble, I think. Total 35 and a half, and uh, yeah. Yeah, this has been a uh, just a chicken kicking from the start. That was no bobble on the goal line either. That, that's a that's a touchdown, Jacoby Myers. And right now, AOC Aiden O'Connell, seven of twelve for one hundred fifteen yards and two touchdowns. He's looking good, really good. Or the Chargers' defense, Amber, is looking that bad. Yeah, uh, depends how you look at that thing. Right. But either way, the offense for the Raiders is rolling. Not so much the offense for the Chargers. Apparently, Justin Herbert does, in fact, make a difference. So we'll continue to keep you updated on Thursday night football here on Amber and Ian. But right now, let's find out what's a big deal, what's not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? And our producer, James Steele. That was a great catch by uh, Jacoby Myers there. I uh, wish the Chiefs receivers could catch like that. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns signed quarterback Joe Flacco to a one-year deal on Thursday, ending his tenure on the practice squad. Flacco's deal includes a, a $4.05 million in incentives based on winning, a source familiar with the deal told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Flacco is set to make 75000 for each of the remaining four regular season games he wins this for each of the, jeez, uh, Flacco is set to make seventy five thousand for each of the remaining four regular season games he wins this season. Per source, if Cleveland makes the postseason, Flacco could also make two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a wild card win, five hundred thousand dollars for a divisional round win, one million for an AFC Championship game win, and two million 
for a Super Bowl win, the source said. Uh, Ian, big deal, not a big deal. Uh, Flacco his, and his incentives. Not a big deal because he's got a truckload of cash from his days with the Baltimore Ravens when he went out on that elite run in the playoffs and bet on himself and cashed in. But my favorite part, this part is a big deal because I mentioned that bank that he made in Baltimore. Flacco was asked about his contract going in, in, by reporters today in the locker room, and the, the question was simple. How much are you making? His answer was? I have no idea. I haven't looked at my bank account. <laughs> I don't even know if I've gotten a check yet. What a deal for that's the nice. owners. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. What a deal. <laughs> No idea. I don't know if I've gotten a check yet. That's when you know you've got elite cash, Miss Wilson. When you have, you don't even need to check the old account to see, or you didn't ask your agent how much you were being paid to go and win football games in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Who cares about four million potential dollars, <laughs> which is what this incentive-based contract could make him? When you've already made 174.6 of them. <laughs> and that's how much millions, how many hundreds of millions Joe Flacco has already made in his NFL career. So this is pocket change. Even if he was to hit all those incentives, even if he was to win the Super Bowl, that is pocket t- change to Joe Flacco at this point. He doesn't mean the money. Uh, I'm sure it's nice to be paid $75,000 for every game you played, but that sounds like a lot different to me, probably, than it does to Joe Flacco. So I'm not surprised he doesn't even know how much he's making. Playing for the love of the game, Miss Wilson. Just playing yep, for the love of the game. Yeah, that uh, that run uh, to the Super Bowl made him enough Woo. money that he probably doesn't care what he's making right now. Uh, Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow plans to return to school for his senior season after leading Alabama to an SEC championship and to the college football playoff. Uh, Milrow made the announcement Thursday on the next round show. His father, Quentin Milrow, also told ESPN that his son is, quote, focused on finishing this year, but that he told his parents he wants to return to Alabama for his senior season. Amber, big deal, not a big deal. Jalen Milrow back to Alabama for his senior season. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal, uh, obviously, when you have these big players with some success coming back to their schools. It's frankly a bigger deal, Ian, that he's not transferring (laughs) for his (laughs) senior season with the way that college football is. I feel like that's the bigger deal than him not going to the NFL draft. Good for Bama, obviously. Good for Saban to be able to keep this kid in the program for another year. Uh, That feels big there for Alabama. He wasn't going to be a number one pick in this draft anyways, but sure, it's it's a big deal. I'm going to go not a big deal. Big deal for our boy Lance Taylor on the next round to, to, to get that little uh, question in and get, get that great answer, but I, didn't, I, didn't, I never thought he would go to the, to the NFL draft. When we talked to him three weeks ago, I mean, he was so committed to improving week in, week out. I fully expected him to, to be coming back to Alabama, so to me, it's not a big deal. I expected him to be there. Where would he have been drafted where is he third fourth round yeah okay yeah i figured that he was more like a fourth rounder chargers almost turned the ball over again they fell on the fumble though uh they're really bad is that their third fumble that they put on the ground and lost two well they didn't lose it but yeah you're saying they lost two yeah 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 Yeah. three three times on the ground lost two of them damn that's bad i think i think Uh, they got the ball up right now for los angeles not great. All right. Uh, not one, great. Great day for Alabama great. that Jalen Miller is coming back. You can make fourth. I mean, fourth round if you're a fourth round. Up, like, you can make that money. The way he's that ascending right that now. Collective, that Bama collective, they probably pay fourth rounder kind of money. 
Uh, Giannis exchanged heated words with members of the Indiana staff and raced towards the Pacers locker room on Wednesday night as both teams squared off in a hallway in a dispute over the game ball following <laughs> following the Bucks stars franchise record 64 point performance after Milwaukee's victory. Giannis had an animated discussion with Indiana star Tyrese Halliburton and other Pacers before rushing from the court toward the visitors' locker room, seemingly in search of the game ball. Indiana coach Rick Carlisle said afterward the Pacers took the ball for Oscar Shibway. Uh, Sh- Sh- Shibway. Yeah, uh, who scored his official his first official NBA point in the contest. Uh, Ian, big deal, not a big deal. That Giannis was I mean, about this that is game. This a ball. hilarious deal because a, a, a rook gets his first bucket. Giannis goes for sixty four, a Bucks franchise record, and the rook got the ball, and it's on the Bucks court. It wasn't like it was at Indiana. So the rook gets the ball. But Giannis goes for 64 and gets nada. To me, this is hilarious. This is funny. I was surprised because Giannis has normally such a huge ego. And I love Giannis. I love his personality. But that dude is cocky as all get up. And I would have expected him to be like, oh, 64. I'll do that again. I don't need that game ball. You know, next time it'll be 66. I was a little surprised. Frankly, how heated he was after that. But this was very, very funny. Uh, So, sure, big deal. ESPN Radio.